To a new episode of Live Evil Pod. My name is Chris. I am your host, and to this day, I have a special guest for us on this special episode. Everything just broke out; all hell broke out, and I have. Uh, we did not plan this. We had actually, you know, set this uh, show to be done weeks before, even before the Thanksgiving week. But uh, you know, things just decided to break. Uh, all hell's kind of break broke loose, but. Let me welcome David and people. You probably know him better than you know me. Uh, David, how are you doing? Not too bad about yourself. <laughs> it's glad to hear it. Uh, now, David, for those who don't know, and I don't think it's possible that you don't know who David is, um, uh, David's the kind of the LCS cheerleader of all the regions, of all the you know esports, even the minor regions you could have picked, David. Why did you choose to become a cheerleader of the meme region, the region that people say like they're coming in here for retirement purposes and all that. I was born in Hershey, Pennsylvania, my friend. And to those that are watching the World Cup currently, your boy Christian Pulisic is from mm. uh, the same area. So I am a very proud man of where I'm from in terms of my country. And the LCS is my region and always will be. Whether I like it or not, it will always <laughs> be my region. That is some diehard true... Um, NA blood running through your veins, and of course the World Cup. You gotta root for USA. Come on, it's oh, great. It, it's been the last two weeks have been just insane with <laughs> World Cup hype around here. Obviously, a lot of people from my hometown have been hyping it up, and it's in every conversation. Like it's, it's incredible, <laughs> and uh, it's it's going to be amazing to wake up on Saturday morning to prepare for that match. And the elimination bracket. Um, also, you know, even today we had some big upsets. Japan advancing. That's fun. Germany um, not getting out for the second time in a row now. Lord. Phenomenal. Love it. They're getting the Can full NA Worlds treatment. And I'm like, <laughs> all here for it. For those who don't watch football, I, I will call it by its origin, football. I was born in a, a country that calls it that. But football... Germany not making it to Worlds is almost akin to what you say, T1 not making to Worlds, which only happened once in the last 10 um, years. <laughs> I mean, I would say it's a little more common than that, given that it's happened twice now. I'd say it's more like um, it's like an LPL one seed. Like right. you expect them to make it out of groups, but the reality is there's just these years and, and stretches where they just mentally collapse. And sometimes they don't get out for whatever reason, even though they should. So like yeah. that's this is the the FPX, the LGD, like the, this is the equivalent of that. It would be my RNG. They are expected to always make it far 
they made it to worlds. I will give them that. But my RNG is the one that always gives me the heartbreak. That they're so good in spring, amazing at MSI. Go into summer, something happens. Um, but Jeremy has won championships before. I've watched those. It's a, it's an unfortunate thing called burnout, my friend. <laughs> and unfortunately, both RNG and EG know a little bit too much about it. Yes, yes, we are. Certainly going to dive into a little bit of that now. So today, again, this show was not planned. But again, uh, big news. Just I woke up looking at the social media. All this um, hoopla that came about saying like EG did Danny dirty. Um, you know, I'm no longer a fan. I will take off my EG win because, you know, the allegations that came out. So for context right now, it's no secret. There is some leaked text it's not a complete story because i've I, from my end i've only seen like it it's in the middle of a conversation so i don't really get what the whole um conversation was about but there seems to be a discussion about how um the organization the evil genius organization sort of did not do right by danny and now the um this text is allegedly from a family member that leaked out and all of that just kind of turned a turn turn our LCS, you know, news cycle upside down. Uh how did you kind of um experience all of this in uh when you saw this? I so I saw this the same tweet that you saw this morning that was like, you know, taking EG win out of my out of my bio, not supporting him. I was like, okay, well, if it's big enough, I'm sure I'll get looped in on it at some point. But like I was working and it I just didn't pay any attention to it for the time being. Uh, then I had somebody finally tag me. And they're like, what's your thoughts on the Danny situation? I was like, okay, I'll read up about what's going on. And uh, the report came in of his sister apparently leaking text or however they got leaked, I'm not sure. Basically slandering EG saying that Danny's lane coach went to the LCS Players Association to basically state that eg was not properly addressing danny's mental health and eg respond in turn by firing said uh positional coach which to those of us that are in the business world that have worked jobs like this is classic like whistleblower rats or whistleblower raises concerns over something that is happening over somebody that clearly was having mental issues as we saw progress over the course of the split uh, if the issues were raised early on to possibly prevent some of that, to possibly take some of the stress off, and then the said person was fired because of that, that has massive implications. And I tried to warn people the second I saw it, I was like, "Oh no, this like this has this is way more serious than people are going to give it credit for. Mm-hmm. Like this is this is potentially like a massive legal issue as well and a pending lawsuit that." the first thing I just thought to to say afterwards is like, just wait, wait until we get more information. That's just then just a screenshot of a private message. That is not enough to make any sort of definitive opinion form any sort of view of what's going on here. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> Absolutely. Um, not truly just reacting. Um, and, and it, it's hard, right? Some in our human emotions is the first thing is to get on, the defensive or the offensive doesn't matter. I've seen both sides. It's ugly, quite 
avoid some of the social media places if you don't are not <clears throat> in it for that. But uh, we definitely wanted to wait and see. And then uh, on the same day, Nicole uh, Lapointe. Is that pronounced it? Nicole Jameson? Yeah, Nicole LaPointe Jameson, yeah. Yeah, released a statement, which to me, um, it it's nice to have a face and a voice to kind of communicate this. Uh, it is still something that's more of a PR uh, type of uh, statement out there. It's just nice to have like some some uh, a voice and, and all the emotion that comes with it rather than what uh, orgs typically do, which is release a written statement on, the, on social media. I didn't come away with um, a, a, the certainty that you know this is going to be um, resolved in a in a manner that's going to satisfy anyone. But I'm also from the outside looking in, trying to trust that you know her leadership, trying to trust the staff's leadership in in handling this matter. But certainly, I can understand from the opposite viewpoint as well, that people are angry and want to uh, pry and know more. Uh, what is your takeaway from her response to all of this? First and foremost, she said literally all that she could. Mm -hmm. uh, for those that are unaware, there are HIPAA laws and just general legal protections granted to both individuals and the companies that they work for and uh, the relationship that exists there that basically state that you cannot reveal somebody's private information just because it clears you of any public image or public mm -hmm. uh, perception of that sort. It's like that information is protected. That is, is clearly only between Danny and evil geniuses and any potential lawyers that might be in between that might be able to bring this up in any litigation. If that were to happen, not saying that it would for anybody listening, uh, but it's, it's protected information. So Nicole said all that she could, and I get that people are going to think it's PR. It, I mean, that just that is what it is. No matter what mm -hmm. she says or does, right. it's going to be perceived as PR. Uh, the next step from here, honestly, is just going to be, does the LCS do an independent investigation of the situation? And is there any follow-up? Because if there's not, then the situation just is what it is. It was a claim that was made baseless. Danny didn't want to pursue it, or the LCS didn't want to pursue it. And that, I mean, that's pretty much all you can leave. The, the weird part was what she said afterwards. Like, the last minute of her video, apparently, since beginning of November, EG has hired third-party invest mm -hmm. or third party counseling third party investigators to come in and basically review their business and mm -hmm. see where they might have critical errors where they might be lacking infrastructure that's normal for business mm -hmm. like most companies do that but to bring it up in this context felt really weird mm -hmm. and it's one where most people when they hear that are probably going to listen to them and be like wait so you're telling me that we're that you're that there's no issue here, but you are investigating the very thing that we're technically talking about, even if you're not directly investigating, you know, the whole Danny situation specifically. Mm -hmm. People are automatically gonna put yeah. the two together, and there's no way to prevent that now. Yeah, that that part I agree, and it's it's you can already see it in some of the replies on Twitter from that same video, right? They're like. Even if it's meant to encapsulate, maybe we just want to improve or, you know, 
look into some of the structures that we can certainly uh, grow for more from. But it's spoken in the same context of this allegation. Yeah, as a human, you're you're probably like <laughs> your yellow flag is up, if not your red flag. Hmm. I I don't know. I'm curious from from a fan's perspective. Mm-hmm. Obviously, like this is your org. This is yeah. the team that like you you are speaking not on behalf of, but it's like the team that carries a lot of weight for you. How has this whole situation and Danny in general impacted you? Because the last time we spoke together was just before Worlds. Yeah. And, or sorry, just before LCS Finals. LCS Finals, yeah. And, yeah, and we weren't sure if Danny was going to play at Worlds, let alone anything else, and now he's out for the year. Like, how has this whole situation impacted you? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if uh, if it was a younger version of myself, I would jump on the, I'm disappointed, I want more to be revealed, I'm all for, like, Danny. Now in this position, um, the realm of, you know, being wary, being, you know, just it does shake you like this is the org that i fully respected i thought they handled the situation very well you know all the uh they said all the right things when danny needed to take that break and to learn that there is something more in potentially more insidious behind the scene it um i want to wait i want to you know at the end of the day i do want uh, justice for the player if there's injustice being done uh, but at the same time, I don't want to jump the gun and say the whole org is to blame or everyone in the staff is to be blamed. Maybe there is room because for every organization, there is going to likely be some areas uh, to, that needs attention, that needs to be better at. And that, you know, if this is an issue, we want to address it head on and not sweep it under the rug like other orgs that I've known have done. So I want to give them a benefit <laughs> of a doubt. Right. <laughs> but it's um just just uh absolutely a wait and see i don't think i'll i'll revoke my fandom if that's the case but um i do really trust in the leadership of nicole in this matter and hopefully there's a little bit more transparency than i hope what other in the past has been given uh but that's just the hope i can have yeah the thing that i just want to see from this situation going forward, which I know won't happen, but I wish it would, is the players just desperately need to have a players union, mm. like a legally authorized union. That For those that don't know, that does not exist. The LCS Players Association is literally just a council yeah. where these people can go seek information, but there's nothing protecting them. It's yeah. not a union that can negotiate a collective bargaining agreement with the LCS and Riot there is no nothing of that sort that every other major sports league has. Why? Because these companies are going to be motivated by profit and their own motives, which are not always aligned with the players. Mm-hmm. And having a players union is incredibly important in situations like this to help prevent this, but more importantly, to give players an outlet to properly go to, to it, say there, there actually was an issue here. Yeah. That's what the union would be perfect for. Mm-hmm. And why we don't have it is a byproduct of obviously players being young and not fully, you know, realizing the importance of it. Mm. But it's just something that w- we needed yesterday. Yeah. And we still need today and we need tomorrow. And I just don't know when players are finally going to 
pull the trigger on it. I'm but... in a union and it's very important. Uh, my wife in the background. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. in a union and that's very important. It is. They protect you. So I, it, it needs to come. ASAP. Absolutely. For many people who haven't, you know, really thought this through about, you know, players association, we see the name and we automatically assume, oh, it's going to be like the traditional sports, the NFL player association. Those have a big backing and really um, advocate for the players themselves. And you're right in this space the fundamentals the origin of how players and orgs get connected that's already flawed in a lot of level i completely agree with that it's been in the works for uh i don't know how long but you know it's not news how players feel taken advantage of right after a while and they have no out because they either not don't have the legal counsel or they don't know where to go um but it's it's much needed and i agree with that I mean, one day, one day, <laughs> perhaps with more uh, voices to kind of um, put it out there. But, you know, as I mean, always, you, need the, you mm. need the players at the top to speak yeah. out on it. You yeah. need the highest paid ones, but the, the highest paid players are always going to be the ones that are a little bit more weary of it, because technically a player's union could lead to a salary cap, mm. which cuts their potential income. Right. Not saying it's one to one or direct, but nine times out of ten, it's your top people that prevent it similar to the wwe mm. wow that's a good that's a good um, direct comparison of the situation so we hope we pray and out of this that something may it may accelerate the timeline for that and then you know players are like you said uh be more vocal about uh forming one and with that said, we will continue to um, wait for more news to kind of be released. I hope, like I mentioned, hope more will come of it that will um, not just satisfy my curiosity, but also um, help know that we're headed in the right direction as a region in itself uh, and as well as for the players. So headed into our focus for today, uh, David, you've spent some time I believe, looking into the new proposed uh, LCS format. What are your general thoughts about it? Oh, man. So I've... The only thing that I've heard so far, and this is my conversations at Worlds as well, both on and off the record, hmm. were just that we're moving days. I have not heard anything about like any changes beyond that. Hmm. I don't know if you've heard anything either. No. Okay. I'm... I'm very hesitant. I'm on the record on the Hotline League saying that I'm like people are underestimating the the weekday workload that they mm -hmm. have. Like the the logic that I've heard from a lot of people is, oh well, you know, now my weekends are free. I can watch it on weekdays. It's like, yeah, but you got the same amount of coursework of mm -hmm. to daily tasks to do your job now as part of that. Like, there's a whole myriad of factors that now play into this that didn't on the weekends. That I don't think it's like a one to one like. Now my weekends are free. I'll just move this to Wednesday. That said, the common conversation point that was brought up amongst the LCS orgs was that apparently Riot has data to suggest that this is actually a smart move. And obviously, to anybody that basically understands Riot's decision-making here, they want to maximize 
the the profits, Profit. the mm. uh, the general growth of the LCS because it has benefit to them. If the, if people think that Riot are making this decision just because of Valorant, they're wrong. Like Riot's mm. not going to kill the LCS by moving it to Wednesday mm. if they have data to show that it's going to kill it. They'll find a way to make it work on weekends still. Like these people are are intelligent understand the data points now whether that actually will come to fruition or not we'll see but they have their logic and the only way that we're going to find out if they're right or not is when it happens because we've never had this scenario happen before hmm. that's um feels like there's there's both this uh hopefulness in in the data that shows the potential projection that they can get the i guess re viewership retention and and getting the revenue for, through that. Um, at the same time, this is still an experiment and we'll see how that's going to unfold. They've experimented with other things. I mean, I, I commend them for that. They tried the whole Super Week. They tried the... What was the other format again? Um, I guess Mixing Academy as well into it. Um, yeah, they've changed mm -hmm. a lot over yeah. the last... like Since 2018 and franchising began. Like 2018-2019 mm -hmm. was stagnant, but then 2019, 2020, 2021, and 2022, we've had different versions of a format almost every single year. Yeah. I will say it's going to be interesting. Now, I I'm, I come, my so my entry into esports is a bit different, unique, I don't know, because uh, I come from a uh, fantasy sports uh, angle, uh, DFS, you've probably heard a lot about that, and during the time of COVID, that's when all sports shut down except esports. So a lot of the people that I knew that played uh, the variety of sports all put their um, attention to League of Legends, of all things. And it drove up a lot more interest and hoping to retain that as part of my side, well, uh, side gig is to kind of continue to have more people involved. Um, now you're spreading it over to the weekdays it means sharing some spots where people are watching basketball or, or you know baseball um i don't know i, I mean that's they, they may be a smaller number than i'm willing um, than i'm thinking about but it, I, I can see how it might not drive as much uh interest or live viewership people may be more willing to watch vods or um wait until like the weekend to catch up on it rather than you know watching it live and so, the, the problem you have though with vods is that nine times out of ten when somebody's watching a, a game on demand they're not paying the same amount of attention. yeah there's this thrill mm -hmm. to watching it live mm -hmm. that you just cannot replicate in any other situation so people if you are losing live viewers and converting them to vod it doesn't matter if you pick up more vod viewers i don't see the value being anywhere near as high mm -hmm. as having a higher concurrent uh live viewership yeah. and that's in addition to the fact that the the part that i haven't seen a lot of people talking about is what's going to happen with the lcs arena during weekdays mm. you think people are going to be able to go at what 1 p.m right california time to the lcs studio to watch games on a weekday whenever everybody's working hell no nope <laughs> no chance like the live audience is going to take a massive hit mm -hmm. not that they were generating all that much revenue from the in-person audience but if covid showed us anything it's like it makes a difference mm -hmm. it makes a massive difference in how it feels yeah yeah absolutely I, I think that's what i enjoyed when they had the weekend only is that they also bring in more people 
to be involved in in you know there was a i certainly think there's a lot more it at, at least from from this from what we've known and see it it worked but we'll see what this new format brings if it is a positive or a negative i am just maybe more dumb on the ha- uh, glass half empty side of things i think i'm with you there mm. for now at least i i'm not sure how this is gonna go i mean it if you had to if you had to put a put a bet on if somebody gave you a thousand dollars right now and said you have to predict how this goes and i'll give you a million for it what's your money line prediction oh man that's a good one uh i know i'm on the side of this is gonna viewership is gonna suffer (laughs) uh want to be optimistic it might be a i don't know minus 200 that it's definitely gonna be bad uh that's where i'm at right now it's uh maybe like 70 wait it doesn't even make the odds i'm not very good at converting odds but minus 200 on the side that it's gonna be bad for overall numbers i'm I th- you have to do something on weekends still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know why. So I, to give you my background, I my introduction to esports was Call of Duty, ah. and during the time of which I got into it, Call of Duty had weekday matches that would consistently play Tuesday through Thursday, and then those matches would turn into standings that led into LAN events that you'd have typically once a month, sometimes less. But on the weekends where you didn't have a LAN event you constantly had online tournaments hmm. that were known as 2Ks and 5Ks that would also give like some additional points that carried a little less weight than the league matches, but still had some importance to them. Mm-hmm. And it made the weekends feel fun. Even though the matches didn't technically matter, you could bomb out of a tournament or you could even skip one for mm-hmm. a weekend. And the weekday matches were arguably weight, like five times the weight. It still gave you entertainment on the weekends. And if the format stays the same right now, what are LCS fans going to do on the weekends? Mm. Like, you can't expect us all to get into LEC because that's that, that's not the goal here. The goal no. is not to boost LEC viewership no. by taking away LCS. Right. You have to put something on the weekends. And the fact that we haven't heard anything yet is really worrying me because there's nothing out there for me to promote, for me to get people excited about. It's like, okay... You know, so I guess late spring, summer comes around. There's no football. It's just baseball, basketball, and soccer on. What what can I do to, like, persuade people towards League of Legends on a Saturday? Man, nothing. Like, nothing. there's nothing. And players are going to be scrimming, so mm-hmm. they're still not going to be streaming anywhere near as much. You You need something there. It can't just go away. You can't just create this hole because then people's attention will be filled elsewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, it's not like all the people that are watching LCS right now on Saturday, Sunday, they're just magically just going to do literally anything else. Now they're probably still going to be looking for some sort of league content on Saturday, Sunday. Absolutely. So what are you going to do? <sighs> I don't know. It's all bleak from this side. It's all bleak. I, I, they need to give us something else. Like you said, they really need to do something about the weekends. That's where you're going to get the most people. 
<sighs> Especially if it's more relaxing. Yes. It doesn't have to be anything big. But like, do show matches on weekends. Like, best of five pickups or something. Like, something needs to be planned each and every week to tune in during the course of the season. We cannot only be seeing players on Wednesday, Thursday, and then just not hear from them again for five days. Five days. That's no longer acceptable, in my opinion. Hmm. Absolutely. Well, uh, you hear it. We, if you have a few uh, listeners, if you have a different take, if you have a different perspective, maybe you have a silver lining, please let us know in the comments, in the show notes, or contact us on Twitter. We're very active and friendly there. I promise. Yes, we are. And so going then, uh, again, wait and see. Experimental phase. We'll see what it looks like. Are they, do, you, do you know if they're starting with the lock-in in in that format or just the splits? I have no clue. Yeah, nothing's moving. I haven't heard anything different besides just the days. So I'm assuming like second week of January we'll begin lock-in tournament. And that'll take place over the course of what's now the LEC like winter split. Mm-hmm. And then you'll go directly into spring. See, that format is a little bit more <laughs> uh, involved. I get to see more games with the LEC, what they're doing over there. It's brilliant. I love their format. Absolutely love it. Jealousy doesn't begin to describe it. But we are hardcore NA LCS. We will root for this region until they get it right. Um, giving us then moving to the next topic to talk about let's just go to talking about the lcs again as a region what can be done in your opinion to grow fan the more interest over and over again i think the hot um um that's not the phrase I'm looking for, but the very much the the buzzword is telling uh, player stories, narrative things to kind of draw people in. I'm wondering what if that is one of the keys, and if there's other ideas that you've thought of. Um, I don't. I I ultimately look at this from the same perspective as I did the early days of COD, hmm. where I think it's a mix of both. The player stories and like who they are, their upbringing, you know, coming from nothing to try and pursue mm. this career in League of Legends, but also it, it has to come from the fans as well. Like the stories have to be good to tell, and then the fans have to be willing to pass them along. Mm. Like it, there is a partial responsibility on our part to try and help grow the scene. I know a lot of people say, oh, well, no, it's on Riot and the teams and the LCS to make sure that the the product is entertaining and all this. It's like, sure, but like, where's your passion at? And I don't want to call out all fans because by Mm -hmm. all means, you know, the majority aren't going to be the people that, you know, you need to create content and like have conversations around. But the thing that I will say is like, if you're a fan of the LCS and you truly love it, tell a friend about it. Yeah. introduce them to it maybe sit down and watch a game with them and help walk them through don't over overbear them and mm-hmm. you know make them hate it when you're doing it but we have more power than in my opinion any of these orgs do yeah in our ability to help grow the game and grow the scene if we care about it if we make this a scene that people are like oh that's really cool i want to be in with them they seem like they seem like really chill people 
then that's how you keep doing it. I've been going to uh, weekly or bi-weekly uh, LCS watch parties here in New York City. Hmm. And I will make it a point at whatever bar we're at that week to explain the game to somebody new. Because there's uh, every time you walk in, no matter what, somebody looks back, sees League of Legends is on and goes, what the hell is that? <laughs> and there's like this preconceived notion. But then I'll talk to them a little bit, introduce them to it. And they'll see that we're reacting in the same way that they're familiar that NFL fans are, that NBA fans are. Like, it's very similar, despite the game being a little bit different. And, you know, the preconceived notion of video games equals nerd being somewhat there in their minds, them seeing it in a different light changes it. And I think that's important from the fan side because that's not something that teams can do. Because then when teams do it, then it feels like, oh, they're marketing it to you. Right. Like they're trying to pitch it to you like we want your money or, you know, all that. When fans do it, it's just out of pure passion. And that's where I think the most growth opportunity lies is with us at this point. Because I think teams and Riot have maxed out what they can do. Man, that's that brings such a good um, perspective. It also reminds me of a story I've heard from, my, from one of my friends. You know, he had zero interest in the game of college football. Maybe he watches NFL, but because he saw the passion from a fan, from being in the same room with the energy, and we have that. Oh my God! If you watch this year's Worlds, I didn't even ask you that question. How would you rank this year's Worlds? Um, Best of all time. Right. I'll save you the time. Best best <laughs> worlds of all time. Just I was watching the finale in my bed I'm in East Coast, right? I, you are East Coast as well. <laughs> but I cannot sleep watching, waiting, seeing, trying to see what happens next. What is DRX doing? How did they come back from a deficit like that? That energy is is something that you're right. It, it only comes from fans. And, and being around that and being able to really um, it, how, well, express that, that's the way to really uh, bring in more newer people to the scene. Um, wow. Wow, that's, that's, a, that's a good thought. So you do this on a regular? Yeah, consistently. <laughs> And the, my goal, I'm praying to God that they release the schedule soon hmm. because the the lady that normally plans uh, the watch parties here in New York City, uh, unfortunately, she's having a family member pass. Uh, hmm. So I'm trying to pick up the mantle as much as I can and start planning all this and get all the events set out and then reach out to LCS teams to see, hey, you know, can you send us one or two pieces of merch? That we can just give away at a raffle, like, mm. and I'll put your name on the advertising and mention it on my videos that I put out and any content that I have that you know promote you as well. But just more importantly, get people out and get them used to the new day and the new times. But I want people to have that same ability and experience that I've had. Like to put it into context, I I've not watched a world's finals alone since 2018. Mm. 2018 we packed a bar in koreatown at 3 3 a.m to watch kda premiere and then Ooh. watch Fnatic get absolutely stomped <laughs> which sucked but it was still great <laughs> the the next year 2019 in europe we mm. woke up we did a big breakfast thing wow. at one of the one of the spots here in new york city and we had close to like 100 some people 
there, which was phenomenal. It was a great way to experiencing it or experience it. 2020 in China, uh, unfortunately, COVID. COVID. Mm-hmm. Te- okay, technically that was the one year that I didn't, but that was we had everything happening here, mm-hmm. so it was by by mandated measure that mm-hmm. we couldn't. So I'm excluding that. 2021, we were back in person again, had a big breakfast thing, had uh, Dunkin' Donuts for everybody, coffee and everything in the morning to watch it. Ooh. And then this past year, I was at I was at World's Finals, but I got texts from people that they had close to like 125 people at the New York City Finals watch party, separate from like the cinema things that they were advertising on the broadcast itself. Mm. It is the best way to watch any sort of esport or sport is just at a bar or something equivalent with other people. There is no situation that is better than that other than actually being at the venue. Man, that's amazing. I, I think that's, I'm glad uh, we get a chance to talk about this. And I hope listeners that this generates ideas or it's something that you can emulate because this is the way we can really show the world, you know, what LCS is about. The electricity of being part of something that's it is amazing and we love it i love it you love it that's why we're doing this that's why we're talking about it and uh generate more ideas it, it really we can't rely solely on riot and solely on the team orgs to do a job that we can we have the capacity and capability of doing so i'm gonna think about doing something down here in miami i just need to find out oh, people are very asocial here <laughs> <laughs> oh my god you have every opportunity in the i do world. i do god damn i just need to t- get in touch with my extrovert side a little bit by all i that first hump of getting over that like that nervousness mm. is tough but once you do it's it's nice it's really really nice get it going awesome you do you happen to know like the name and group uh, I know they've been getting a lot yes, of conversations. Yes, 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 uh, yes. Andrea is, our, is a co-host, so she's part of that. Yeah. <laughs> the the thing that I like to compare that I've been doing a lot of thinking on is like they're they're trying to bring the K-pop fandom mm-hmm. side to the LCS and to League of Legends, and they see that as like a healthy way to grow fandom. I'm trying to bring the college football side mm. to it, which is just the in-person party pride, you know, fuck the other team, screw them, yeah. like healthy competition. Like we'll still go out. We're going to grab a beer with you afterwards. Mm-hmm. Like, we will shit talk <laughs> the entire time leading up to it during the game. I'm going to be so obnoxious that you're going to hate me. But afterwards we're going to go grab a beer, grab a drink. We're going to chill and then life's going to be good. And we'll do it all again in a week. <laughs> that's so awesome. That's so awesome. And that's, that's the love that we have, right? We are able to be so passionate about it. and still this this thing that ties us all together at the end of the day no matter if you're wearing a FlyQuest jersey a tsm jersey a eg jersey if you're unfortunate enough to wear an eg jersey you know <laughs> sorry about your luck 100 thieves is always accepting more fans you guys are more than welcome to jump ship uh i see <laughs> it's it's hard to argue against the fashion that they have um Fashion. I mean the titles. Uh, do you, do you tight, realize how many we're about to win? <laughs> uh, I haven't touched get in touch with other sports. Did they win more titles than other ones? No, I just mean in the LCS. We're set up to win for generations to come. Do you think you're set with JoJo Pune and well, Danny, if he comes back, 
we've got what, who's going to be the MVP of the league at some point in Busio. We have Tenacity, who's a young top laner that is going to be promising that by all means, hope he plays his heart out. Max is out his contract next year. And then we've got the Tom Brady of top lane sitting behind him in general sniper, just sitting there waiting, biding his time, waiting to come in and literally just pounce on the league. And you guys are not ready. We have Kelsey Moser right now. That's our secret yeah. weapon to bring in better. There are, uh, well, let me also bring in Andrew Barton and the eyes that brought us Danny and Jojo Pion. There's more to come from that. We do. You guys are tying, well, I lump you in, but you guys are tying your uh, hope on, you know, a, a very good player. I will give it that. General Sniper, very good. Watch him play. Um, but when he gets to the big league, will he show up or will he get crushed by the expectations? You also have, you know, you say Busio. Great. He's great. He was a mid laner, you know, become a support. Now he has to deal with double lift. If double lift doesn't crush his mental, I'll be surprised. Double lift is going to like double lift will be a great teacher. <laughs> and it, anybody that says that he's not going to be, might I just remind you who bio biofrost was whenever he joined the LCS? Yeah. So if you have a player that can understand double lift's style of teaching of laning and of just general camaraderie that he had or not camaraderie, but uh, the general dynamic that he has in a bot lane. You can learn a lot. Like, regardless of people's view on his skill at the moment, that's irrelevant. He'll be fine. And Busio is going to learn a lot in this one year. We shall see. We shall see. At the end of the day, don't think you guys are ready yet for spring. I mean, you aren't ready for the big stage. You picked up two of our players. Exactly. Ah, one, and a one, of whom, one of whom has never won a game in front of a crowd of over a thousand people. Uh, Have you ever thought to think about that? I, I, by all means, I, I love FBI, but you got you got issues coming up. Oh man, I have full faith that he will come back to his 2021 form and he will just remind everyone who FBI is. Until he steps foot in front of 4,000 people <laughs> in the stage and then once again shits the bed. Uh, look, he, he still won semis, right? He was in front of a crowd. No. No? Every time that he... Uh, the two times that they've played in front of a crowd in both spring and... Su or, wait, no. No, they did because Cloud... Wait, was Cloud9 the final? Cloud9 was the final. They beat oh, they did. EG in semis. Oh, they! Oh, yeah, they barely beat EG. <laughs> barely. Like a win's a win. And let's be honest. Like when we watch that series, you're gonna tell me that FBI and Abadage played fine. No, that was closer. And some day, literally dragging their dead corpses across the line. Which, granted, yes, you have some day now, so I will give you benefit of the doubt for that. Sure, but there's no scenario where you put double lift versus FBI in a massive stadium, and I don't pick double lift. Literally none. 
damn, David, you put me in such a terrible position too. I was like, I'm trying to root for FBI, but he also beat the team that I thought should have won with Kaori. <laughs> You're right. Ah, damn. Exactly. I got you pinned. There's nothing <laughs> you can do. Uh, we pray in the name of name, man. David, thank you so much for your time. Uh, it's been a pleasure. I will definitely have you back. We will be sharing a beverage. We'll be talking, you know, all things LCS related. But thank you so much for joining me. Tell the listeners where they can find you, what you have got upcoming during this off season, and what are you going to do when the new season rolls around? Uh, so you can find me on Twitter at DShinock. You can find me on YouTube and TikTok at David Shinock, David S-Z-A-J-N-U-K. It's an impossible to spell last name. I'm sorry. I was born with it. I didn't have a choice. Uh, upcoming this offseason, literally nothing. I'm in the middle of a break from the game of League of Legends, nice. actually, for the most part. Oh. I'll occasionally play some ARAMs, but I have not touched Summoner's Rift uh, since the day that Ranked ended. And I will not touch it again until Ranked comes back. And... I am already looking forward to that day. I miss the game, but this is healthy for me to take a break for now. So I literally have nothing on my plate, and it sucks. Dude, if you ever play preseason, your brain's going to just melt. Oh, it's. I never do. Mm. For that, like, there's so many <laughs> changes that happen, and all it is is just people complaining about uh-huh. what's, what's different. And it's like, no, I'll just come in during the ranked season, we'll and play. I'll enjoy the game like I do every year. All right, we'll see you in to be uh, challenger. That's the goal, twenty twenty three challenger. Diamond. Whoa, whoa, whoa! We got to get the diamond first. It took me six years to get the plat. Let me get the diamond, and then we'll talk. Oh man! Well, thank you so much for joining me, and I look forward to you know cheering the LCS region with you come New Year. Until next time, folks, live evil. <laughs> <laughs>